Hey guys, Happy New Year's. Uh, this is your host Katie with Dark Humors of IT. Um, hoping you guys caught our last episode that was all based on training and different training types and hopefully you got to check out the blog as well. Um, this week we're kind of going to add to that with clean and accurate data and why that's important. For those of you who tuned in last week, um, our joke was what is Forrest Gump's password? One forest one. Uh, so today we're going to talk about clean and accurate reporting, the misconceptions, bottom line on over-reporting, manual manipulation versus automation, and the costs that are associated with that, and which reports are an absolute must. Um, so performing analysis on your business is crucial to keep the ship running, regardless of your industry or your size. Even if you're the only employee, reports are a must. Um, data is there to tell you exactly how your business is doing, what's working, and what is not. And of course, as long as you're creating and using that information correctly, um, it works. I'm very positive that I can count on one, if not both of my hands, how many times I have talked about why reporting is so important in my previous episodes. So I'm going to save the lecture um, on the importance because you should already know this. If you're shaking your head no, um, definitely call me and set up a consult and we'll get through this issue together. Um, with that being said, we will say that you have reporting in place. So is that reporting? Is too much reporting bad? Let's just say that reporting is giving the right information to the right person at the right time. Most often, this is not the case. Uh, oftentimes, reports contain too much information, incorrect measuring points, don't reach the correct people, or they're sent far too late to be relevant. So how much reporting is too much? Some say that there never is too much data, where I feel differently. Data gets overwhelming. Um, there comes a tipping point where it's not realized that the data is getting relayed in the same way 90 different ways, and it makes information irrelevant or unimportant at that point, right? So let's just, let's just say you set a reminder every two hours to remember to take the trash out. You only do it one time, right? But you dismiss every other reminder. Or if you're like me, because I can't ever seem to remember to take my trash out on time, you dismiss that alarm and completely forget about it. Um, same concept goes with reporting. Many managers are inclined to feel superior or adequate in their job by pushing multiple reports with more and more fields of data where they're providing no real value at all. And it's frustrating. And guess what? Nine times out of 10, they had their subordinate take the time to make the report in the presentation that took away from core job tasks and projects. There needs to be a point where diminishing returns beyond a specific point where extra information isn't viable or desired anymore. Uh, in 2012, an article for Fast Company, Lisa Bodwell cites a study of U.S. and European companies by the Boston Consulting Group, which found that over the past 15 years, the numbers of procedures, vertical layers, interface structures, coordination, and decision approvals were needed had increased by anywhere from 50% to 350%, and that managers spent 40% of their time writing reports and 30 to 60% of it in coordination meetings. Excessive reporting always starts with good intentions, though. At some point, there was a valid reason for it, 
whether the report was poorly put together, its use is now outdated and people don't want to call that out, or you spend time fudging the same report six different ways, or even at the very least, it was for a specific person and that person is no longer with the company. Um, they're all valid reasons for no longer needing a report when it becomes excessive. Um, when talking to managers about the different levels of reporting, oftentimes they do agree that people are spending too much time on it. And this includes prep, generation, compilation, reading, and presentation of these reports. However, when you're asking if you can remove the report or discontinue it, you hear crickets. Large companies have teams that specialize in running reports or producing dashboards on various performance items, while other employees spend up to 50% of their time pulling, consolidating, and producing info in the form of dashboards, presentations, and reports. So here are some known challenges. Uh, one, binds your resources. Two, it's inconsistent. And three, there's no goals. So binding resources. Report generation creates binds in your resources. All that time that's encompassing in the creation of your report to the delivery is time that an employee did not spend on your business and produce revenue by performing core tasks. Inconsistency. Too many different statements of the same data creates the inconsistency. Inconsistencies in your data comes from pulling the same information from different moments in time, pivoted along different dimensions, and inaccurate graphical representations, which then leads to more reports to justify the report that you just presented to the team. No goals. Many reports are not being measured against a predefined goal. You should have had a goal or an ideal outcome for generating the report. Not only that, but then there needs to be a baseline identified to measure where you are currently at and your goal to measure whether or not you're successful. I worked for a business that was running time tracking against one of their products. Uh, they couldn't figure out when the world was going on. No issue on the shop floor, no delays, all the guys were working hard. That exact part produced one time showing a dramatic loss. And then that same part again showing a dramatic profit. It had to be the employees not clocking in correctly though, right? So after the guys were scolded, timestamps time were checked, all good, right? Turns out that the sales team quoted a random 10% profit on one sale and the next was 25%. Had those key numbers been included in the report, it would have been easy to identify the issue, what was going on, and saved a ton of asshole. And, of course, it would have saved the team from getting scolded when it was unnecessary. So just how much is this hassle costing you? Let's say that you have 30 reports that are generated each month. This could be time tracking, PTO, quality reports, production schedules, etc. On average, it takes five hours to create, review, and generate each report. That's 150 hours per month spent on these reports. So then we'll say that the average salary of said employee running those reports is $30 an hour. So now your monthly expense just to generate reports is now $5,250 each month just to create reports. It's $60,000 annually. Now let's talk expense reports. We'll say that 10 of those 30 reports generated are finance related. On average, it costs about $58 per report. Now, the average error rate on these reports generated is around 19%.
so you end up correcting at least two reports each month. And this will usually cost you around $52 to fix each report. Now that we've got $104 per month and $1,248 spent fixing reports, and then we've got $1,828 altogether. You may be asking, why does it cost so much? Well, the manpower for one, and the above entry level position that avoids marginal error. Business-wide, reporting manually takes people away from growth and innovation. So when is it time to review your reports and how many you're producing? Extra reporting takes valuable time away from priority activities and tasks. If employees are putting off these priorities to complete a report by 5 p.m. to avoid getting their hands slapped, you have an organizational problem on your hands. Not only that, but your employees spend a lot of time creating and distributing reports that no one ever reads. Just to go into the abyss that is their, box, their boss's inbox. So how can companies improve? If you get to a point where you understand that you have some worthless reports out there circulating, or you think it's time to clean house, sometimes it can be hard to decide which reports to remove. Before any report is approved upon request, ask why is it needed and what's going to be done with it. Identify the ultimate goal before moving forward. Reports should be stored in a central repository. This meaning that they are all centrally located even if certain access exceptions need to be put in place. That way you can review it and when a new report is requested, you can see if something currently exists or something very similar. In order to avoid having too many reports and to manage employees' time spent, when requesting a new report that variations may already exist, an old one should be removed. So what should we look at? Uh, number one, compile a list of every report that your employees are filling out on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Number two, who is using them. Track who's reading them and who finds them important. Number three, Determine the original purpose. Figure out if that purpose still makes sense. Sometimes people who are no longer around requested those reports and they are no longer needed. The step is to make sure that you are throwing out reports that step is to make sure that you are not throwing out reports that could be helpful even though no one is reviewing them. Put reports on hold. People are either going to ask you what happened or they say nothing. After a period of time, you can resume the reports that are requested and that make sense. Not only should you be reviewing these steps when cleaning house or implementing a new report, but when reviewing reports before they are sent out into the world, it is important that we are checking that our data is accurate because we send it off to managers to drive key business goals. Key indications of bad reporting. So you can't make good business decisions with bad data. So how can you tell that what you're reporting on is bad data? One important factor to having good reports is having an eye on the numbers and doing careful analysis on your business and understanding the information that's being given out as a business owner or a manager. To make quality business decisions, your reports should be built on reliability, readability, regularity, and it starts with a quality analyst handling your data. Here are some signs that you're reporting on bad data. Number one, notifications. Number two, not using your whole financial module. Number three, negative balances. Number four, missing money. 
So notifications. Notifications in your system are going to let you know that your balance sheet is out of balance. You need to make sure that you're diligent in balancing and fixing those database errors that come up right away. Not using your whole finance module. Oftentimes people are not using the whole finance module of their software to the fullest extent because certain items are still being done manually and being manipulated by your finance team. This leaves a high amount of marginal error and costly for corrections. It may be too late by the time the mistakes are caught. Negative balances. If your assets or accounts have negative balances, that is a sure sign of missing transactions. The only account that should have a negative value would be your depreciation accounts or potentially your total equity. Missing money. Sometimes businesses that have loans forget to include the interest expense or depreciation expense on your buildings, your cars, equipment, such as your PC. These may seem like small numbers, but over the course of a year, it definitely makes a big difference. Now we've reviewed the bad and how to identify it, and of course the costs that are associated with outdated processes. But now let's talk about the elephant in the room. Automation. So. What is automated reporting? Automation of reports is about bringing users relevant information in a timely manner. Whether it be historical or real-time information, automation tells you the relevant stories and provides you the answers to what's happening in your business when you need it. What is business intelligence? Sometimes I hear that people have a BI platform in place where they do not have automated reporting in place and say that they don't need automation. The key difference is that business intelligence is taking proactive steps and pulling data to ask questions of why or how things are happening. This is usually to gain better insight and understanding to enhance your performance or identify root cause of issues. Your business intelligence is the why or how, whereas your automated report should be the what. These both should coexist and most BI platforms do have the capability of both. For most smaller businesses, BI tools can be very expensive and generally put on the back burner. But you're in luck. You're still able to access the same information that any BI tool can that you need to, and there are ways to put some automation into play and save some efforts and some cost on your end. So automation. It's almost like the myth, the way businesses talk about it. Um, it's like the gorgeous sunset picture that you see on Instagram but you've never seen it yourself. That picture was captured and it is very much real, just like automation is real and it's a wonderful thing. So once upon a time, we had to wake up and we had to make our coffee with one eye open. We add the water, the filter, and you make sure you put in the correct number of scoops so that way that cup of heaven came out just right. Now we can do all of this the night before and magically you have a cup of heaven ready to greet you each morning. Or for some people, um, you put in a cup and push a button and it does all the work for you. So this is what automation is to your current manual processes. You have the ability to wake up to reports ready to greet you with hopefully good news of a smooth running business. And it allows you to plan your day making proactive decisions in the right direction towards your goals. It's very surprising to see how many businesses are still manually manipulating their reports. In fact, it's about 30% of small to mid-sized companies that are still using Excel for all their spreadsheets and reporting, while about 90% of large corporations are fully or partially automated. 
there's so many platforms out there that are available for you to choose from, whether it's manual in Excel, web-based software, premise software, or manual reports that are automated using CMD or so many other options. So we have humans out there spending around 20 hours a week on manual data and related tasks, requiring someone to follow the report through each step, acquiring who it needs to be sent to, sending it out, and then of course there's the follow-up to make sure that the report is complete and that you have all the data that you need. We eliminate all that sleepy time of manipulation and give you the benefits of automation. So what are the benefits of automating? One, decreased human error rate. Two, business agility. Three, empowerment. Four, business performance. Five, compliance. And six, increase analysis. So decreases human error rate. Normalizing data can limit the chance of each department reporting different numbers by different numbers by human error of misunderstandings, what should be measured, and how items should be calculated. The results of automation are consistent, reliable, and save you time and money and allow your employees to spend more time on tasks that are generating revenue. Business agility. So you can step out of that fight or flight mode and take a step back to a predictable and proactive approach to your business. Immediate access to real-time metrics results in you having more time to focus on evolving business strategies, making smarter decisions, and ensures that you're moving upright with your business and not fighting against the current. Empowerment. Having the ability to automate allows you to consolidate your data from many different views from end users, managers, to your executives, or even clients. Whether this is automating the same report or different variations or creation of dashboards designed for each position, creation of dashboards for all positions creates alignment from the top down and transparency with the business of operations and generates loyalty among your employees. Allow for the ability to make quick decisions by providing data that does not require manual presentation or justification of why the data is there. Business performance. Real-time performance metrics allow you to make corrective action when there is an issue and see what needs to be addressed right now. Making corrective adjustments in real time on the floor allows you for a tight ship and an efficient crew. Compliance. Automated processes leave a paper trail that are compliant with all necessary regulations and audit trails. No more dealing with the daunting questions that your auditors have with reports. It's all there for you to hand over with ease. This also decreases the chances of any employee fraudulence by making sure protocols and procedures are in place and being followed. Increase your analysis. Due to saving extreme amounts of time by automating your reports and processes, you can spend time on other analysis or business intelligence to understand the how or why of things going on in your business, whether that is digging into how you can do things differently or to resolve a current ongoing issue. You now have time to solve those inefficiencies with automation. Bringing this guy back. So did you know that automation brings down this cost to just under $10 on average? and eliminates the time spent by 50% or more? Cutting your time and cost in half speaks for itself. So for those who are thinking about the cost of automation and whether or not it's expensive, I can tell you that you will see an ROI on the transition sooner than you think. Yeah, 
automation is pretty cool. And it's definitely something that you should have budgeted in 2021 if you don't already have something in place. Startups and small businesses heavily rely on financial reporting to create benchmarks, make operational decisions, and measure organizational health. However, financial reporting can be just as overwhelming to business owners. When do I run the reports? What data is needed? And what are the consequences of not doing the right thing? So which reports should you be reporting on and which ones are the must? Number one, being income statement. Number two, your balance sheet. Number three, your cash flow. Four, employee time tracking. Five, sales and revenue report. Six, accounts receivable aging report. And seven is your website and social media analytics. Income statement. Your income statement of uh, profit and loss gives you an easy to understand view of what's going on in your business. It is the statement of a company's cash, cash position that reports your revenues and overall expenses. Over a set period, usually a quarter or a year, it indicates your profitability and helps you access new ventures and decisions. It will also help you in acquiring loans for expansion or even selling your business. It is also important to maintain for tax purposes. Check out my blog to view some formulas for calculating net profit, gross income, and what items can be included in your costs of goods sold. Your balance sheet. A balance sheet could also be known as a statement of financial position. This is the summary of your financial balances. This is what should be considered the most important financial report for a small business because it provides the company's overall financial information. Where your liabilities and owner equity are combined to show your assets, liabilities are a combination of your accounts payable and taxes, where long-term liabilities are your debts and personal loans. Owner's equity includes your startup capital and retained earnings. Cash flow. Your cash flow shows the changes in the balance sheet. Businesses work very hard at improving their cash flow, and it goes without saying that the better the cash flow, the more money you can invest in expanding or improving your business. Your report should show three different streams, one being operations, two being investment opportunities, and three being bank loans or venture capital. These are used to track how your money is coming in and where it's headed once it comes in. In order for the report to be efficient, your organization needs to have measures in place to include the paper trail of all your money. Cash flow sometimes gets confused with your income statement. Where they both are concerned with a company's profitability, the cash flow specifically looks at how much money is coming in and going out to better understand your business's daily operations. This should be prepared and reviewed monthly after inventory and expenses are paid. Employee time tracking. I will not elaborate too much on employee time tracking. Um, I think we all know and see the value in this report. And if you have employees, I'm sure that that's something that you currently have in place. Um, so no need to talk about that any further. Sales and revenue. Everyone uses this report a little bit different, but I view it as being a forecast. So this is where you review your sales and revenue numbers alongside your goals. This report should be reviewed weekly to make sure that you're tracking to hit your monthly, quarterly, and annual goals that you have set. If you are not on track, then you can figure out what to do to get you there. This is an extremely important report and should almost be your Bible. It should be reviewed consistently and changing goals as you may increase your marketing or incorporate your sales while consistently reviewing benchmarks. Reviewing this frequently allows you to react quickly, 
when you are not making your goals. Accounts Receivable Aging Report. So this report is a running record of your unpaid invoices from who and how long the bill has been outstanding. This is a good report to have so you can stay on top of your slower paying clients. Poorly managed AR accounts is the leading cause of cash flow discrepancies in small businesses. Therefore, it's crucial that companies crucial for companies to immediately identify delinquent accounts and who is your slow paying customer. Refusing ongoing service or additional shipments to these customers will protect you from being taken advantage of. Categorizing the length of time overdue by chunks will help you quickly see the customers who are extremely late in paying versus those who are not. It is also a good tip to include the AR days in which the average amount of days it takes for those customers to pay you for your product or service. Tracking this information allows you to adjust and change payment terms that may, be, may work better for your customers based on their previous payment schedule and allow for some flexibility and less time focusing on past due payments. Website and social media analytics. Where your traffic comes, what they're doing while they're on your website, and how long they stay before leaving. These are all pieces that you can analyze and use to create a better user experience, leading to increased conversions, and increase generated revenue. Google Analytics is the most common and user-friendly experience if you do not currently have something in place. You can set predefined ranges for your data that you would like to view and when you want to see it. Standard free version is usually more than enough for all small businesses. Reviewing and analyzing your social media views, engagements, and interactions with your posts is also important. Is your content driving people to your website or engaging them by relating to them? Those are both key questions to be reviewed and monitored so you can make changes to the content you're posting to improve. If you do not have these reports in place, I highly recommend that you put something in place. If you have something in place but you don't feel that it's serving its purpose, I'd love to take a look through booking a consult session and let you know what you can change to make your reporting more effective. I also recommend checking out my blogs I did post some more information in detail on these different reports, formulas for key calculations, and the types of items that should be included in different categories within each report. So this is what I have for you guys this week on clean data. Do you have any questions on today's episode or something that you'd like to cover in a future episode? Please email me with your questions or requests and we'll see what I can cook up for you guys. Um, you can send that email over to darkhumorsofit at gmail.com or view my website at www.consolatex.com to check out more blogs. So for the joke this week, um, how does your computer get drunk? Uh, tune in next week for the answer, and we'll catch you guys later for reasons to clean up your database. Till next time. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. Um, if you guys aren't seeing what you want to see or you guys have questions, please shoot me an email at darkhumorsofit at gmail.com, and we'll catch you guys in another two weeks.